0: DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I'm delighted to be joined by David Scott, who is a Los Angeles-based scholar, writer, and editor with a special interest in religion and culture. His essays and reporting have appeared in the Vatican newspaper La Observatory Romano, as well as the National Review, Commonweal, Crisis, Inside the Vatican, National Catholic Register, U.S. Catholic, and many others. His books include The Catholic Passion, Rediscovering the Power and Beauty of the Faith, Praying in the Presence of the Lord with Dorothy Day, and Weapons of the Spirit, the Selected Writings of Father John Hugo, co-written with Mike Aquilina. He currently serves as Vice Chancellor for Communications for the Archbishop of Los Angeles. With David Scott, we go inside the pages of... The Love That Made Mother Teresa, How Her Secret Visions and Dark Nights Can Help You Conquer the Slums of Your Heart, published by Sophia Institute Press. The countless sweet photos of her smiling at babies showed Mother Teresa to be a single-minded advocate for the poor. But she was a woman with a will whose strength has been matched by few souls in history. Mother Teresa broke death's stranglehold on the poor of Calcutta, and she showed us how to conquer the sin and darkness in what she called the slums of the hearts of modern man. Part biography and part spiritual reading, these pages bring to light little-known stories from Mother Teresa's life that will help you grow in your love of God. You will learn her approach to reading Scripture, what enabled her to persevere through agonizing nights and the remarkable, some would say mystical, events that led her to start the Missionaries of Charity. In considering Mother Teresa, her private visions, and her secret sufferings, David Scott has discovered scores of early episodes and chance encounters that point to later, larger meanings. These remarkable patterns, he suggests, show that Mother Teresa's life was choreographed from above, as if a divine script had been written for her from before her birth. We are called to holiness and the saints are sent to us as real-life examples of God's love. With Mother Teresa as your guide, you will learn how to follow God's call and find holiness in a world marked by the shadow of death and growing indifference to God. Indeed, you'll learn how to be an everyday missionary of Christ's love in the ordinary activities of your daily life. We now begin our discussion with David Scott. David, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, it's great to be. I'm honored to be with you, Chris.
0: I love this book, The Love That Made Mother Teresa, How Her Secret Visions and Dark Nights Can Help You Conquer the Slums of Your Heart. Absolutely wonderful. I, I, David, I have to say, you know, I, I immediately it jumps out to me that that understanding of the nature of God, that God is love. Uh, Saint John tells us that, and Mother Teresa showed us what it looked like, didn't she?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, and that was that was it. There's an anecdote I tell right at the start of the book where she's
0: cleaning this
1: woman who she's found on the street. She's got uh, she's got sores. She's filled with infection, and Mother Teresa kind of takes her up. Starts cleaning those wounds and talking to her. And the whole time, the woman is, is very upset. She's screaming at Mother Teresa and shouting at her. And, and she says, uh, you know, why are you doing this? Mother Teresa says, uh, because my God wants me to. And she says, who is your God? And she says, you know my God. My God is love. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the name of God and the most beautiful name of God. And of course, for us, love translates into mercy and tenderness, uh, even for people who are hard to be merciful and tender, too. So since we're made in God's image, we're made to love. Uh, and those are very simple beliefs that Mother Teresa had, but they, they made her who she was.
0: What I love so much about your writing, David, and in particular about this book, it reminds me of... Something that Father Thomas DuBay said once, that if you really want a good theology book, look at the lives of the saints. Ah. And in, in particular, when it comes to Mother Teresa and the way that you've put this book together, it it's not just a biography of her life, but it is what it looks like when faith begins to bud and then to bloom.
1: Yeah, and 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 in that sense, it's probably no different than than any life of a saint. But you, um, but Mother Teresa was a saint from our times. I think you know she. It's harder for us to to get a handle on what St. Francis was like. It's much easier to see Mother Teresa before us. She confronted the same issues, you know, with you know war and peace. Uh, justice and truth and the, the reality of poverty and people in need um, right in front of us. So when we see her respond, we, we see in a way that it's not difficult for us to respond the same way. And in fact, that's, that's how Jesus would have us all respond.
0: We don't know much about her childhood, do we?
1: Nothing at all, really. Just a couple stories that, that kind of slipped through. But uh, um, we, we know enough, I think, to know that she had some tragedy in her life. Her her father died and under kind of mysterious circumstances. And we know that her mother had a powerful influence on her life. And, uh, um, and her mother, even though her mother was left a, a single mom with kids to raise, uh, she always seemed to have poor people at her table for dinner. They were never described as such or, or anything to Mother Teresa, but, but she remembered that, that, that even though they were poor, even though her mother was struggling, she opened her door to uh, to, to other people who were less good for standing than she was. Well, so I think that, that made a big impact on
0: her. I think it, it bears noting that often used term that saints make saints. The story that you tell of how Mother Teresa, once she is sister of Loretto, she has her school, she writes home from India saying, I'm very happy here, I've got, I'm have got. i teaching, I'm doing everything, and her mother becomes alarmed, doesn't she?
1: Yeah, yeah, her mother just said in a gentle but firm way, remember what you became a sister for, and you became a nun because of the poor. And at that time, this was before Mother Teresa... You know, became Mother Teresa as we know her. She was a, she was teaching at a kind of a well-to-do school for for young women in India, and so her her mother set her back on track. But again, uh, it wasn't until she she felt a a real calling from Jesus that she followed that. But in a way, her mother was foreshadowing what uh, what our Lord would tell her.
0: Isn't it interesting that as you bring forward in the beginning of chapter 2 about the saints, that it's only in the Catholic faith, really, that we have real men and women that we hold up as the holy.
1: Yeah, and and I I think, you know, again, without getting too theological about it, I I think there's, there's part of that is the image of God in a very simple way, right? We're made in the image of God. And so, Jesus comes as as the perfect God and the perfect man to, to show us you know what we were meant to live for. And so the Saints really live that out and in and, and their very real image. Again, we don't we don't see Jesus walking among us even though he's here, but we the saints give us real live examples of, of what Jesus would look like.
0: She. Became uh, so associated with Therese, the little flower, and yet she she never really talked about her, but she lived her, didn't she? I mean, her teaching.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, it, she she made sure that people understood that she took her name for that. But but again, after that, you never knew why she did that. But uh, but those of us who know. Saint Therese, uh, you know, know that the little way was 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 exactly what Mother Teresa lived. You know, she she would, you know, she's most associated with expressions like, uh, do everything, even the littlest things, with great love, and and those will have this impact on the world that we can't even imagine. So so that that is the little way. You know, uh, of course, Therese never. She lived her little way within a convent, never never outside those those confines. So Mother Teresa showed us how that was supposed to be lived in the world.
0: If you don't mind, David, I'd like to read a, a paragraph from the book that I, I just cherished. this. It said, you had said that in a century of total war and mass movements of violent social engineering, God sent us a saint, not only who sweated the small stuff and told us that the road to heaven was paved with it, It was as if he had decided the last thing we needed was one more great leap forward, one more manifesto for the creation of a new kind of man. God sent us a saint who preached a new kind of crusade, a little revolution of love. That's so powerful when you think about it, because I think we need her even more in this century where we don't have... It, the, the chaos and the explosions and the things that are happening are more hidden, but, but probably more deadly.
1: Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, again, that the kind of the thing that that I think makes this book unique is an attempt to understand what God was trying to say, with, say to us with Mother Teresa. And when you look at the time she lived in, you know, it was a time of big stuff where people thought they could take over the world. You know, half of Europe was under the control of the Soviet Union, including her home country of, of Albania. The other half we were fighting for uh, here in the United States. It, it, big industry, big, big, powerful technologies, and it made the human person rather little. You know, so many millions of lives were sacrificed to these big ideas like communism, like imperialism. But uh, and, and she told us that in the middle of all of this, that that the way you and I treat each other, the way we we, we love in our families, that those things are the things that really matter. And to me, that's a that's a clue into God, uh, into the way God works. Because when you think about it, you know. Who were, who were Mary and Joseph? They were small, insignificant people who never made their names into a, into a history book. God spoke to them, chose to send his only son into the world through them. And history was changed by an event that happened on a night where two very real people struggled to know, where am I gonna give birth to this child? And that child changed the world. It's never written in a history book. It's it's not part of the lives of uh, the lives of the great people of Rome, but it changed the whole world. And and I think I think we can still change the world in ways we have no idea um, that we'll be doing. We'll know it in heaven. Uh, it, it's it it's an awkwardly expressed thought, but I think that's part of what uh, Mother Teresa was trying to was sent to show us. I hope that makes sense.
0: It does. I, I, I think she exemplifies that. I think, as you point out in the book, that she didn't seek the limelight, but the light sought her.
1: Yes, yeah, you know, it, it is true. She was just doing what she was doing in Calcutta. And and whether we had ever paid attention or not, she would have kept doing it. And uh, the, the fact is that through kind of, you know, fortunes of history or Providence whatever whatever people choose to describe it we did come to know her and and she had a huge influence on us
0: she would exhort us to forget ourselves not that we didn't weren't of value as children of God but not to lift up ourselves as the idol of worship is that a fair statement, do you think?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And again, again, a very... Um, look at our culture. Our culture is very, uh, you know, me-centered. You know, it it is... Uh just do it uh, the kind of the slogans we have in our culture are and, and the kind of the advertising shows us that, that it should be all about us me, me making myself happy me making myself feel good whether it's with a great taco or a beer or whatever it, it's about my pleasure and my feeling and my self-expression and and even the new social media you know it, it kind of encourages a, a kind of a creation of the Self that we put out there, I put my my best face forward on Facebook or I it, those kinds of things. It's not to diminish the good that we can do with those technologies and those media, but but the point is it's all centered on us. And and when but when we really look at what makes us happy, what makes us feel fulfilled at the end of the day, it's when we give ourselves and when we when we really kind of lay down ourselves like like Jesus did, like the saints. Did. That was her message. Yeah.
0: We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app where you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John S. of Deacon James Keating, Father Donald Haggerty, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more. They're all available on the free Discerning Hearts app over 3,000 spiritual formation programs and prayers, all available to you with no hidden fees or subscriptions. Did you also know that you can listen to Discerning Hearts programming wherever you download your favorite podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, even on Audible, as well as numerous other worldwide podcast streaming platforms. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has a YouTube channel, Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts Catholic Podcasts dedicated to those on the spiritual journey.
2: Show your support for Discerning Hearts by liking and leaving positive reviews on your favorite streaming platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and more. With a collection of insightful podcasts led by renowned Catholic spiritual guides, such as Father Timothy Gallagher, Monsignor John S.F., Dr. Anthony Lillis, and more, Discerning Hearts is your gateway to a deeper understanding of discerning life's mysteries and growing deeper in your relationship with Christ. Your likes and reviews not only affirm the value these podcasts bring to your spiritual journey, but also help others discover the guidance and inspiration they seek. Share your thoughts, spread the word, and be part of a community that's committed to elevating hearts and minds through meaningful conversations. Your feedback fuels our mission to help others climb higher and go deeper in their spiritual growth. Like, review, and let your voice be a beacon of light for fellow seekers on the spiritual journey.
0: We now return to Inside the Pages. We were talking with David Scott about his book, The Love That Made Mother Teresa. And David, I I can't help when reading this of thinking of our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and his attempts to get us to live out that Matthew 25. She is the great catechist of living out Matthew 25, isn't she?
1: Absolutely. And one of the things the Pope said early on that I, I, it, it struck me was, if you want to know how to live, read the Beatitudes. If you want to know how, how we will be judged, read Matthew 25. And that's a beautiful way to live, and it, it really does describe the life of, of the saints, and especially Mother Teresa. In Matthew 25, you know, the reality of our Lord in the people we meet every day, and especially the people who are the hardest to love, that's that's where we encounter Christ. I mean that that's the meaning of Matthew twenty five and, and she showed us that every day.
0: You help us to remember that she fed the hungry, she gave comfort to the lepers and the handicapped and found loving homes for orphans. But she also did something that is really quite the standout is that she helped people to die. That was a huge part of her ministry, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely, too. Yeah. And again, think about our culture as, as we age, you know, the the, the baby boomers are experiencing and now those of us who are a little younger experiencing. We are all in this this experience where we're going to have parents who are going to get older and need our help in their sickness. And, and so long ago before this, at the beginning of the century, she was dealing with people that had no one to help them die in a culture of poverty that often happens right is is that when people get old and they they've lost their children or something but she was there to help them and die and and those are those are really forgotten people and, it, and it's really a work of mercy but it's again I think something that has a lot to teach us in, in our culture.
0: well, in some ways, I think the experience of our nursing homes, now, I hate to say this, in, in the United States has become, maybe this is overly dramatic, I, I'm not sure, but it, they've become our modern day leper colonies where it's, mm-hmm. it's so much easier just to place people there and then maybe visit them occasionally while they suffer alone in beds. And it, it's difficult to love those who are right here in our own community, or in our own family in helping to deal with their needs, as opposed to the idea of I want to help the poor, I want to help them, but what about the ones that are right here where we're planted? And, that, and that's, that's a saying yeah. that you bring forward for us as well to remember.
1: Yeah, no, she's uh, she was right. I mean, we all, you know, it's easy to write a check to help starving children somewhere else, it's much, much harder. You know, they'll just, Put it into my own reality. It's much harder when my youngest son comes home from school and he has something to tell me, and I feel like doing something different. It's harder to listen. She would say the loneliest and the poorest people are the people right around us, and and what they're, what makes them feel poor and unwanted is our lack of attention, our our own inability to get out of our comfort zones or our our selfishness, and say, yeah, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen to what. Uh, what he has to say today, or, or, you know, we do it with our spouses. We do it. it, It's, it's so easy to be selfish. Those are all areas where we we need to love more, but we, we all say, gosh, I love, you know, I, I love humanity. I love the poor. I'm going to write a check or those things. And we have to start writing our own homes.
0: In a very real way, it's all about relationship for her, isn't it? She lived out relationship, which is at the heart of the Trinity, which is love. Yeah.
1: There's big theological truths being lived out in her life in a very simple way. Uh, if God is love, then the, the whole relationship we know in the Trinity is, is a relationship of love. Father loves the Son, Son loves the Father, and the and the love that unites them is that is the Holy Spirit. And... She showed that. Uh, so, if we live in the image of God, that's our whole experience should be experience of love here on Earth.
0: She wasn't necessarily during her lifetime known to be a woman who, for many people, gave the warm fuzzies. I mean, she was tough, <laughs> wasn't she?
1: An old, uh, a now saint in heaven, an old priest friend of mine. When I was working on the book, uh, he, he said to me, he said to me, "Remember." Remember to make sure people understand Mother Teresa was a tough old bird and it made me laugh. He was right. He met with her, but she did not suffer fools. She loved in the most tender and compassionate ways, but she also knew the seriousness of life and she wasn't going to be pushed around to get things done. And so you got to fight for the people you love. And she did that.
0: It reminds me of women who were contemporaries of her, Catherine DeHueck, Doherty, Dorothy Day. Again, these women, they were tough. They were. And their response demanded, you know, hearts that were open and loving, but also wills that were made of steel in very real way, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, Dorothy Day and Mother Teresa be, should be in the same in the same category. Um, uh, Catherine Catherine Doherty, uh a little different, but they they both all of them were really strong women and should be models for women today. It's one of the jobs I think we have in the church is to make sure people remember them. Dorothy Day personally had a huge impact on my life uh, through her writings. I never knew her, but. But I, I wonder if this next generation knows who Dorothy Day was. they, they or, And even if they know who Mother Teresa is, you know, accept as a kind of a, a symbol of something. You know, do they really understand who Mother Teresa is? Now that we get farther and farther away, you know, 20 years almost since her death.
0: Isn't it interesting that for women like Dorothy Day and Mother Teresa that they would also have... This great love for the Eucharist, a great devotion to the Blessed Sacrament and adoration. And yet it would be said that they, in their heart, they would have that that long loneliness in some ways. I mean, they wouldn't necessarily have, I went back, you know, to go back to that reference of the, the interior warm fuzzies all the time. And I think yeah. maybe we think that because they were, you know, they, oh, they were sweet and they're older women and and oh, they're motherly figures, but yet inside the, their hearts ached.
1: Yeah, yeah, to follow Jesus was not a career path for either of them, and, and it's not for any of us, but... They were made to experience some suffering that that I you know I hope I never have to experience. But the, the long loneliness is what you know Dorothy Day called it. The kind of the dark night is what Mother Teresa called it. But God asked them to set out on the journey and they both felt that call they answered that call and and they both suffered for the call because it was there were not a lot of consolations in their lives you know they it's not like at the end of a long day dorothy day or mother teresa went home and and in prayer god said good work you know in fact mother teresa had long periods where she never felt like uh her prayer was even being answered by god and and again, he left her in that darkness so that, you know, what a test of her love. So again, those are things we learned after she died. We never knew that while she was alive. What we saw was her faith. And, and it's a, now that we know, it's a great lesson for all of us because we all have dark nights, you know, prayers that go unanswered and we wonder why. And you know, and we feel like we're not rewarded for the good works we do. Um, there's a, There's a lesson in all that for us.
0: And we wonder why. I think of her great devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and how that heart, Mary's heart, sometimes she didn't understand why. I mean, whether it's why her why her son would leave her the three days and be found later in the temple, or even at the I would imagine even during those times when he's crying out, "Father, why have you abandoned me?" She stood there. And I don't doubt in her heart, she struggled to understand why some too. But there's a faithfulness that endures, doesn't it?
1: I, I, you know, that's, I think that's the message for us is to greater and lesser degrees, we all have those, those struggles, but the, the only thing that makes those struggles mean anything is Christ and the cross and the promise that suffering has meaning. And... Mother Teresa showed that to us in a in a great way. And again, it it you know she wasn't she wasn't doing this on her own. She was doing this by the example of Mary. Her heart was pierced. Uh, Our Lady's heart was pierced. by A sword to watch her own son die. Mother Teresa had to be thinking about all that that stuff. She never talked about it. She never said, "I'm having struggles" or anything like that. She just kept up doing what she did, and she showed us this great example of service.
0: She traveled the world and went to so many different countries, and yet there are some places she could not go. I mean, China, for example, and other places where her heart ached to go to the poor of those regions. I would think that that legacy that she has left with those missionaries of charity, her, her spiritual daughters, that one day they too may sometime be able to get in into those corners of the world where the poorest of the poor need them.
1: Yeah, yeah, you hope so. But then again, the uh, the example of what of what she does, which you know, she's a a kind of a, a worldwide saint, widely recognized. So, so, we, so we don't know what good she's she's already doing in China, even without a physical presence or Korea, and, and some of these places that uh, where Christianity has to be lived underground. We you know that. Her example, we again we'll know at the end of time. But uh, her example has ripple effects all over the world. I'm convinced of that.
0: Well, David, I am so happy that the love that made Mother Teresa this wonderful book by Sophia, um, that uh, the book that has now been published by the Sophia Institute Press, is available for those to receive and to help us grow, but also to be given to others, is another wonderful catechetical expression of what love looks like, what it can be, and how we can live it.
1: Uh, well, thank you. That's a beautiful summary of, of what I hoped we were doing in the book.
0: Any final thoughts, David?
1: Well, you know, if, if anybody listening, you know, wants to know, you know, one way to, you know, to to live what Mother Teresa taught us. It's that, that beautiful expression that she had, do little things with great love. It's a great resolution to give yourself every day, and uh, and it's a lot easier to say than it is to do. I think, I think that's probably it.
0: David Scott, thank you so very much.
1: Thank you, Chris. It's beautiful to be here.
0: With David Scott, we've gone inside the pages of The Love That Made Mother Teresa, how her secret visions and dark nights can help you conquer the slums of your heart. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to sophiainstitute.com, the website for its publisher, Sophia Institute Press. Or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this discussion along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of DiscerningHearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join me next time for Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors.